Welcome to The Real Deal Podcast. I am Matty Marshall. This is brought to you by paintballaccess.com in association with PB Nation. Also like to send a big shout out to our sponsors that make you know, covering pro paintball at this level possible. GI Sports, Planet Eclipse, uh, paintballproshop.us, Key Action Sports, and Die Precision. So I'm ecstatic to have the 2014 Top Gun Award winner, the best player in the game, and a friend, good friend of mine, uh, and, a, and a great paintball mind here on the podcast, Archie Montemayor from uh, San Antonio X Factor. Archie, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Uh, thanks for having me. I've been pretty excited since uh, we've been in contact a couple weeks ago about doing this, so uh, excited to get on here, talk a little bit. Um, we had a good time last year, so you know, hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, you know, always love picking your brain about the game. Um, you know, obviously, you know, as your ridiculous display of uh, shooting people showed this year. I mean, you're always a fun guy to talk to, regardless. We've known each other for years, and I love hearing your thoughts about all all elements of the game. But you know, bro, you put on a an, an insane display this year. Uh, I mean, you put up some ridiculous numbers. You, you were so far ahead of everybody in the G rating, and that's, you know, for people that are unfamiliar with tournament paintball, it's how many kills you get per point, and Archie was the only guy to get over a ki- average a kill per point. I mean, that's like hitting 70 home runs in a year. It's it's a r- incredibly hard statistic to uh, to hit. Um, and it really was the fact just how many people you slaughtered this year really kind of came down to you winning the Top Gun, and you won it by a ton of points too. No one was even close. The second guy was Marcelo Margot. Poor Marcelo, this is the third year in a row where he's been second, <laughs> <laughs> and he's you know actually got to see him today, and he's uh, he just can't. He's I mean he you know it's it's you just I know, and this is kind of one of the things I want to talk to you about. I mean you're just out there, you're playing your game, you're trying to do the best you possibly can, but. Um, you know, when, when kind of all is said and done and you're looking at the, you know, you're looking at the numbers you put up and, you know, uh, after each tournament, I mean, Marcelo definitely now three years running as he lost it to Burtnikoff at the last event in 2012. Uh, Alexander Burtnikoff, who we'll talk a little bit about uh, coming up here as he's now making the move from our chaos over to Houston Heat. Uh, and the last year it was Oliver Lang kind of solidifying his legendary status. And this year too, man, you know, and, and you've been one of those guys that, um, was always kind of like, wow, oh, you know, how do you think Archie's going to do when we start keeping stats? And now three years in, you win the Top Gun. I mean, you got to be a little stoked, right? Yeah, I mean, Jesus, no, it's a big deal. I, I think it is at least. Um, totally no, I was is. stoked. I mean, the first event in Dallas uh, when I had, I think that was the first tournament. I, I got a huge lead on the on the field, and uh, yeah, I mean, I shot like fifty four dudes in one tournament. Uh, you know, it was it was cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. To say I had it the whole year is is pretty cool too. I mean, it was definitely mine to lose at the end of the season, and uh, I can certainly feel for Marcelo. I mean, at World Cup, I'm thinking, Jesus, the last two years the leaders lost it at, at World Cup, so I'm I'm going in there thinking, well, you know, I got to play well. Um, you know, and then even after the tournament, uh, Cade, one of the stats guys, he sent me some of the stats and. Uh, kind of freaked me out a little bit there was like i don't know if there was some numbers wrong or whatever maybe i just read it wrong but i thought i, I didn't think i wanted i thought I, I thought i got overtaken but uh comes out he, i was wrong so um yeah i'm pretty pretty stoked to have it it's it's a cool title to say you've won especially considering the the other two guys um you know and, and even marcelo being two for three years straight i mean that says a lot about him and he was actually real cool he sent me a little uh message on instagram a, a couple of weeks ago and uh Anyways, yeah, he's just a, a class act for sure. But, yeah, I'm stoked about it for sure. I mean, 
you know, the stats are, it's just a cool thing in paintball and, and to say you're among the best in the, in the world is at anything really is, is quite an accomplishment. Oh, dude, I totally agree. Well, the thing about the stats though, and you know, after playing for years and my big kind of just quest was to try to bring stats out because before statistics, everything is just subjective. It's, it's who did you see do some legendary stuff out there who pulled off some crazy move. And so, you know, who are the best players in the world? That was just solely in the realm of story. And I mean, uh, I love some, I love me some story, uh, (laughs) but, but at the same time, like, you know, at the end of the day, stories combined uh, combine with, you know, empirical evidence of greatness uh, is a really potent thing in order for people to kind of, you know, wrap their heads around, you know, what does make a great paintball player on different levels. So, you know, it was just, it was cool to see it because, you know, bro, you've been playing this for so long now. I mean, you've been playing this game at an incredibly high level for, you know, over a decade um, and other than a brief stint with Dynasty, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of one of those guys that is uh, synonymous with their team. You know, when you when you say San Antonio X Factor, you know, obviously you guys have had a pretty core group of guys together for a long time representing Texas, representing your boys. Um, and, you know, and you and I have talked a little bit about this, uh, you know, through text and in person about, you know, just kind of what that kind of means to you and about what paintball is about it at this sort of level because of the state of the game you know, where you do have these, you know, really high powered teams where, you know, guys are true professionals are getting paid money. And, um, and you guys are, are a holdover of kind of a crew of, I mean, yeah, you know, your owner has some money, but guys aren't playing, getting paid a ton of salary. And it's just kind of like, we're from Texas, we've come, you know, to dominate you and, uh, and try to play the best we possibly can. And, and you guys won the World Cup last year. Um, so it's it just, it is cool, man. It's, you know, hats off to you, bro, for playing uh, some phenomenal paintball through. You know, and I know there's a, you were it was kind of hit or miss there towards the uh, the middle part of the season for you guys as you had to to, to dip down into the challengers division. Um, what was that like, man? I mean, what was what, what was going through your head when uh, I mean, coming off a World Cup win like you guys did, coming into 2014, really feeling like you were going to be contending for some you know for some wins, uh, and you didn't start the year off bad at all. You know, I mean, you guys took third in Dallas, um, and then you took fifth at, at MAO, but then Chicago, for some reason, it just didn't go your guys' way. Well, you know, we were playing great at the beginning of the season, and uh, even MAO was uh, definitely a close one for us. I, th- I forget, we missed the, the the top four by a very slim margin, and, and unfortunately, the, the way the, the pro bracket works now, it's just, it's brutal, you know, from 10 to 4, with as good as the teams are now, you know, I mean, literally a couple points, I mean, shit, at World Cup, we went three and one, and the only team to beat Art Chaos. And actually, we're, we put more points up against Art Chaos in our match than all the other teams did combined. Yeah, you know, so uh, it's just a brutal division. And uh, anyways, Chicago rolls around, and uh, there's with the storms and everything, we literally were short uh, three or four of our guys and our sideline coach. Um, so we had to play the first day without Grayson, Dixon, Alex, and we didn't have Dave and Alex might not be on the field that often. However, his role in the pit is so vital to our team. Um, you know, he's like one of the best leaders ever and, and you, you know, Alex and, and yeah, love anybody Alex. that does would say the exact same thing about him. You know, he's just an amazing guy. And, uh, to say we weren't, a hundred percent for that first day is, is an understatement. We didn't have David, our sideline coach is incredible too. And, uh, you know, they're, they're two, they're two huge parts of the team, not to mention, you know, 
Grayson and Dixon are also just studs on the field. So yeah, for sure. We had to go in there, and and the Heat game was real close. I think we lost by one or two points, and it was it was one of those ones where the last point we're running down the field to try to catch up. You know, it wasn't like they didn't blow us out by any means. Um, but you know, I definitely feel like if we would have had Alex, Grayson, and 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 Dave and Dixon, we would have played a much more sound game. We left a lot out there in that match. And then Dynasty kind of, we started, I think, pretty well with them, and then they kind of rolled us over there in the end. But, uh, yeah, the next day we beat Damage and uh, I forget who the other team was. 187 was 7-0'd, I think. Um, and then we get, get Vicious the next the next morning in the relegation game, and uh, we played with three penalties at the same time and they just i mean we were up like four one or something and then we got two majors back to back colt gets out of the box gets another one it was just it was just not not meant to be so it was humbling you know we learned a lot from that experience obviously we feel like if we would have played five on five and we always say this is like man we don't when we're playing five on five for entirety of a match we're a really scary team. It's just tough to beat us, but we 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 love to get in that box. <laughs> you guys do love to get in that <laughs> box, and yeah. uh, it's and I was you know I was looking at your penalty stats. I mean, you didn't get a ton of penalties this year. You played pretty clean. Yeah, um, I think I got one minor. Yeah, at you MAO. got one minor, and uh, that's pretty impressive considering how many points you're playing. I mean, you know. Archie, you played, um, you know, out of 157 points because you guys did spend a whole tournament down in the Challengers division. Uh, but out of the 157 points that you played on that the Champions field in the Champions bracket, uh, you played 136 of those points. That's 86%. But that's nothing new to you. I mean, you 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 play the lion's share of points on that team, and rightfully so. Uh, but it's pretty good, man, to, to only get one minor. Um, yeah, man, I agree. It was but, also a pack hit off the break. I remember I literally remember the the point um it was uh I think I was going into like a little baby cake and I got shot in the pack off the break while I was shooting at a guy it was just I was like I was upset about it at the time but you know it is what it is but to be honest with you uh I, I feel like I get a decent amount of slack from the refs uh you know because some guys are you know I'm no Zach Wake where if I get shot and I don't pull myself out they're gonna give me a red flag every time um but I, I feel like for the most part I respect the refs I don't ever try to get away with anything um you know, that's a pretty rare occurrence, but uh, I think that the refs realize that I'm always, you know, if I get bounced or whatever, I'm always looking at them or, or pulling myself out if I can, if I can see it. And I feel like, you know, if, if you give the refs a lot of respect, they, they do that in return. So for the most part, I, I can avoid the box unless it's just, you know, some sort of fluke. Well, it is interesting because a lot of guys out there that are listening probably do have penalty problems or their team has penalty problems. It's a very frequent occurrence. So, I mean, what would you say to those guys? Uh, I mean, other than what you ju did just say as far as, you know, having respect for the referees and thoroughly checking yourself over. But if, you know, you taught a clinic or just for anyone out there listening, they are having penalty problems. You know, what do you think you can do to fix that? Well, you can react to anything. You know what I mean? And so if, if you're getting a lot of penalties, right, and your teammate is not, there's something going on, something you're doing that your teammate isn't, you know? So you have to really evaluate that, you know? And Colt, actually, uh, it's weird. He got he got a major at, I forget, I think it was Chicago, actually. It was in that vicious match. And I noticed that he had gotten that same major before, a year a year beforehand. Colt, it was, it was like on one of his side pods on his pack. And it cost us that match last year, too. And I told him, I was like, you know, you should probably put your extra pods in the center of your pack so that – because what's happening is it's hitting the top of his pod. It's spraying all over his side. 
And so the ref sees a big ass hit on him and Colt's like, well, it hit my, the lid of my pot. I can't feel that. And so I was like, maybe you should, you know, just move it onto the inside. And he's like, yeah, that's a good idea. So he's changed. He just changed the way he uses equipment and, uh, you know, hopefully he doesn't get another major like that. And hopefully it doesn't cost the match either, but I, I don't know, man. I mean, you, everything that happens out there, you can, you can influence it or, or change it. You know, you just have to think about that and, uh, and he, figure out what it is you know i mean like i said for me i think it's just a matter of showing the refs respect and uh don't get me wrong i feel like if you're on the rough end of the of the refing it could take you a long time to to really get out of that little rut well and i mean you know as a team that has spent some time in the box uh collectively i mean again you only got a minor but you know your team has played short a little bit in some you know, which has made it very entertaining to watch. <laughs> but Thank you. I'm glad you feel that way, man. <laughs> Dude, you guys are definitely one of the most entertaining entertaining teams to watch. Uh, not only do you guys love to get slow starts, you're great at comebacks, and you guys get a ton of penalties. So I'm always at the edge of my seat every single time. And I just like watching you guys play. You have some flamboyant, charismatic players on your team. Um, so you're super fun to watch, but... God, I mean, like, I can only imagine the poor diehard X Factor fans out there just, you know, on the, you know, like I said, on the edge of their seats, biting their nails, like, oh, God, it's, it's three to five. They just scored three in a row, and there's somebody in the box. What is going to happen? You know, it's like, you guys love yeah. to make it interesting. No, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong, man. I love to watch an interesting match. I just kind of wish we weren't in them so much. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's for sure. It's certainly the box stuff. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a real backbreaker. You know, World Cup, we went three and one, and the the match we lost against Ironman, we had like four or five penalties. You know, and it was, and every single one was, it was like we we're we had a two on one. We get a, a minor, ends the point. They get the point. You know, uh, Scott. There's another one. It was like a four on two. We get a a, a major. Um, and then they end up winning that point too. It's just, it was just brutal, man. It really wasn't the Ironman game. It was, and I think the other, the other, uh, matches we were pretty much penalty free, but yeah, it's definitely not, not the way you want to finish out tournaments or, or, you know, matches. It's just leaves a real sour taste in your mouth. So, um, I kind of, I want to touch on the mentality that you personally came in to play this season with, uh, that brought you that, that top gun title, um, but do want to touch on the team a little bit in the sense that, you know, you guys did get some slow starts and you did, uh, have a lot of come from behinds. I think that speaks to the tenacity of your team that you were able to put some come from behind wins on the board and some really close ones like that vicious game, for instance, you know, you let them run away with it a little bit and you guys almost mounted a comeback again, very entertaining to watch, but you guys lost that one. Um, so, you know, kind of coming into this year, as far as the team is concerned, before we kind of get to you personally, mentally, you know, what, what was going on? I mean, you guys came off the world cup win, which was a huge victory for the franchise. You know, I mean, you guys have been around for a while now and found some success, but it had been a little bit of time. Um, then you had put the band back together and had a really amazing paintball story to kind of reform and refocus and, uh, and, and then finally to have that catalyze in that, that world cup victory. Um, so you couldn't have come in, you know, any more stoked on the year. Um, so kind of bring me back to the beginning of the year and, and, and talk to me about, you know, what was going on in the X factor camp, you know, right before the season started. Yeah, I mean, obviously, winning World Cup was huge. I mean, we we had a whole podcast about it last year, yeah. you know, and and uh, we were stoked, man. Nobody was leaving. Uh, we were getting back Michael, which we didn't quite know until about January, but there was kind of hints about it. I, I, he was kind of wanting to move back home, and uh, you know, he went to the Russians because he got a great opportunity to work abroad, you know, and uh, so that's why he left the team. It wasn't because he wanted to wanted to play for them. It was more like, hey, I'm going to be in Europe 
and uh you know it's expensive to fly me to practice and you know it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense either so yeah. he went to the russians and, and played with them and, and i really i feel bad because i wish he could have been there last year man because mike's as much a part of the team as anybody on the squad, you know, he really is. And uh, and how much of a burn is it for him? I thought I've, I thought about this before, and I, th- I think I've talked about it a little bit too on air. But you know, poor Michael, like everybody's such a good dude, and he's been such an integral part of the team for a long time. And the year that he leaves is the year you guys win the World Cup. Like, which yeah, is, n- no joke. And uh, yeah, just it's unfortunate, you know. And hopefully, we'll be able to get another one for him, you know, because that's that's kind of. It's funny because, like, all season long, I kept thinking that in my head. I was like, man, we got to get one for Mike. We got to get one for Mike. And uh, oddly enough, like, a couple years, or yeah, it was like uh, a few years ago, I want to say, because he was thinking about quitting. And he was actually, he was supposed to go to the army. He was going to stop playing paintball. And uh, we won a tournament right before he left. And uh, we, like, took him out to Grayson's Ranch for, like, his last hoorah. And uh, goofy ass Mike, he's shooting a rifle. Uh, just scopes his eye, scopes himself with it, and uh, like has this big scar on his eye that the army guys wouldn't let him go because he was injured. And uh, that's how Mike, he stayed on the team. He did, he didn't end up going to the army because of that. No way. That's yeah, how that's how he ended up not going because I was yeah, wondering. It's, it's insane. I mean, it was funny because we're all like we knew that the tournament we won was like his last two raw. It was the last tournament. We get the win and we go out to show him a good time, and his dumbass scopes himself. And now he can't, they didn't even let him go. And uh, so then for the next couple months, we were able to talk him into staying. Um, So it was kind of cool. But yeah, then him missing out on World Cup was obviously a big deal. And, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I felt bad for him because, because he's just such a, such a big part of the team. And and he's been there for a long time, if not the beginning. Uh, And uh, he's a personal, you know, just a real close friend of mine too. So, uh, you know, all season long, I'm just like, man, I really want to, really want to get one, not, not only for myself, but for him. And, uh, Anyways, yeah, so poor guy. But uh yeah, the beginning of the year, I mean it was good. We we had a we even had a practice like the weekend before Christmas. Uh we flew all the guys in. Um and we practiced uh, I think it was uh, AC Dallas or Storm, one of one of the Dallas teams. And uh, you know, we just, just to kinda and it was freezing, it was raining, I mean it sucked. But uh, you know, we were still all happy to be there and it was nice to get get with the guys too, because normally it's like you know, mid October rolls around and World Cup's done. We win, and it's like you don't see anybody till January, or February. So it's cool to see everybody again in, in December, and uh, and then we kind of got the ball rolling again in early January, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, we were pumped. I mean, no reason not to be, to be honest. We kept all of our guys. We added Michael. We got Derek Jordan back. Who he, I mean, he was not necessarily back on the squad, but kind of he he had moved away and he stopped playing for a few years. But uh, Derek used to be like. And I mean this when I say this, he used to be one of the best guys on the team, you know, if if not the best. You know, he was incredibly good, uh, you know, several years ago. And uh, we kind of knew it would just be a matter of time before he kind of picked it up again because he's like one of those guys that's just inc- incredibly sharp focus. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like anytime you, you have kind of laser-like focus, you're just destined to get really, really good at whatever you're doing. For so, sure. yeah, we were all stoked. And then, uh, you know, Dallas rolls around and we're playing great. I mean, it was just, you know, we lost that. It was a close game. I mean, granted, they were whooping our ass, and then we came back. And, uh, <laughs> you know, in true fashion, we're playing five on four for the last point, and they just, you know, we, we lose, the, lose the point in the match. You know, it's definitely a, a bummer considering we had won all the prelim games. And we were just playing really good, and the field layout was great for us. It really was. So uh, anytime we play a field layout, it's real good for us, and we don't walk away with a win. It's kind of like, ah, damn it, man. This is, this is definitely one we could have put away. 
But uh, no, I mean the team, the team, the team was. I mean, like I said, you win World Cup. What are you going to complain about? You know, and, right. and we were stoked. Yeah, and then um, and then when did you feel? I mean, did, I don't, I wouldn't even say. I don't want to put it this way. I was going to say when did you feel it kind of started to get away from you guys? But to me, I mean, dude, I watched every point of every single game that you guys played this year, other than the games that you didn't play in the main field in the Challengers Division at the fourth event. Um, but. You know, I mean, I just I didn't really feel like it ever got away from you guys. I just think one, it's an incredibly difficult league. Uh, two, you guys would put yourself in a little bit of a bad spot sometimes, and you'd almost fight out of it, like you know, on a regular basis. Which again, you know, goes to why you always want to watch X Factor games because you never know what's going to happen. Um, but to me, I never really saw any big stumbles. It was just little mistakes that would just kind of compound eventually and cost you guys. And I think that's where the season kind of got away from you guys towards the you know, especially in Chicago. Honestly, that's like 100% spot on. I mean, if you think about it, we played Impact twice this year. We beat them both times. And they were um, the team of the year. Yeah, they're the team of the year. We played Art Chaos once. We're the only team to beat them in a tournament and actually the only team to score more than like one or two points against them. Um, you know, but it's it's those those intangibles, you know, the 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 games that are iffy, you know. And and the other thing is like we have a lot of games that are really, really close, and it's like, yeah, the, the the couple of majors that we get in those games just just burn us, or, or uh, you know, like in Chicago, we're missing half our guys for one day, and it's we lose both those games. The next day, we win both of them, and it, it does it's too late, you know. Um, little things, that's for sure. I mean, that's the story of this team. Uh, you know, we definitely have the the you know the the guys and and the. The, the squad to to beat the best out there there's no doubt about it we just gotta we gotta mind the uh the little things and it's definitely frustrating at times but um you know the good thing is we're we've all been here for a long time and we're all best friends so you know if you're gonna be fighting you know adversity it's it's best to do it with your boys yeah it kind of goes back i remember when uh when i when i was out seeing you guys uh i think it was the beginning of 2012 after the a crazy Galveston event and uh, kind of stayed out there to hang out with you guys and kind of do a story about you guys. And, uh, and I was talking to Alex and, you know, he was saying that, look, you know, this new, this, and he had kind of called it. He, it was like, he was very prophetic about it. He said, look, we're going to win an event again. We're going to win a big, big event um, with this team. Uh, we won events before. It's been a long time, but I know that my boys can win, but I kind of put it to all the guys. And we had talked about this, uh, when I was over, I think it was you, me and Grayson, when we kind of did one of those first podcasts and you guys were very reflective about it. You were very, you know, personally, uh, accepting of the, of the roles that you played on the team, what you needed to do to get better, to help be leaders, uh, which I've totally seen you guys now do that, uh, in the past couple of years. And, but he had basically said, he's like, look, you know, like these are, these guys are now part of my family and I love them. Like I love my kids or like brothers and, uh, and people throw that around a lot. But if you know, the X factor camp, like that's, that is how it is over there. But he had said, he guess he had said to you, um, you guys, he's like, look, you know, if we're going to do this, let's actually do this. Let's commit. Let's actually practice for real. Let's be committed to the goal of winning tournaments again because we know we can do it. And if you guys just want to go – like if we want to go to the lake and just mess around, then let's go do that. But if we're actually going to be, you know, top-level, some of the best in the world paintball players, then let's be those guys and let's commit to each other on that level. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'll tell you, going to the lake with your buddies is a lot cheaper than running a professional paintball team, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it, you've probably a lot more fun, too. Um, <laughs> who knows? But, uh, yeah, no, I remember, I mean, originally when I left the team for Dynasty, it wasn't to go play for Dynasty. It was because the team had lost focus, you know, and, and it was very apparent at the time. Um, Alex had kind of stepped back. Um, he was kind of going through a nasty divorce, and uh, it was kind of – there wasn't a – true leader and to be honest you could you could blame that on me too you know i mean i know i i should, probably should have been back then but the team lacked focus and and uh it was frustrating for me you know and i got i got an opportunity to go play for dynasty and and granted that's been a team i've always looked up to always wanted to play for but the fact of the matter is if if we were you know handling our stuff i would have never left and uh you know i came back obviously alex was stoked and I was too, to be honest. Uh, we had a kind of a lackluster 2011, but uh, 2012 was a good year for us. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of right. I mean, at the beginning of 2012, we opted to, to not bring back Dusty and Devin, who, you know, were two of our studs because they couldn't commit to the kind of the kind of year we wanted to have. And that was we wanted to practice more. We wanted to practice harder. We wanted to take it take it real serious. And then we had a great year. Um, we had three top top four finishes, and uh, you know, a third place at World Cup, which is certainly respectable absolutely um you know especially against especially against just such a deep field you know i mean now that there's it's just man there's so many good teams now so we had, yeah we had a great year and uh you know and then we followed off the next year with kind of a lackluster beginning and mid but you know we, we ended it out pretty good you know and and knowing that you're a team that at the top level a lot of these teams that are kind of combined uh you know stars from all over i mean impact as players from all over the place um obviously they have their canadian core and they've had those guys for a long time and there's a ton of merit in what they've done and you know and sticking with those core guys zach yakmek had a phenomenal year he played out of his mind this year well Matt's amazing um you know so they have their core um you know and then but you had our chaos which obviously had the core of the russians but those guys have been playing in the finals for like 10 years straight in the world cup um, but they all originally came from chaos. I'm sorry, from uh, from a legion to, to go over to chaos. You know, and then uh, and you got heat. It's just it's you know at the top level. I mean, in, in Ironman definitely have a you know they got a core together. They had a pretty good year this year. Um, they're all from, mostly from I think everyone's from California. But how much is it still tribalism to you? You know, we've talked about this before. Where it's look, you know, and and I because it's such you know it's one of the reasons one I love the X Factor guys because well you know you guys are just fun guys that have a lot of heart and you're, you know, you are at the, your core straight up paintball players and you've proved it, you know, year after year. Um, but it's such a great story. You know, I mean, Texas paintball was, wasn't really anything until, I mean, other than, you know, Steve Rabikoff and Houston heat back in the day. And yeah, you had Texas storm way back in the day and they had, you know, a little bit of resurgence, but they didn't win. But I mean, X factor really put Texas back on the map, man. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. And I remember when we first turned pro, you know, Alex, he was all about the team, but he was also very adamant about growing Texas paintball, you know, and it's hard to believe that it's at the stage it is now because now it's like, Jesus Christ, man, there's tournaments every weekend down here. And when we first turned pro, I mean, it was, there was nothing in Texas, you know, it was literally just us. And now there's, you know, the AXBL, there's like a couple other series. There's, you know, like I said, there's just tournaments every weekend and, and tournaments, breed good players man i mean you have to lose with something actually you don't have to but for most people they have to lose with something on the line to get better you know what i mean because then they're yeah, like sure. oh man if, if i hadn't made this mistake i would have you know we would have won or we would have made the top four or something like that you know and you don't need that but 
a lot of people do. And, uh, you know, the, basically the level of, of play in Texas now is it's incredible. You know, there's actually kids to look at as opposed to before. It was like, well, this is it. You know, it's just us. And, uh, and now there's VCK, you know, they're, they're a new team, the AC Dallas team, um, you know, Storm for a little while. Like, yeah, it's, it's exciting and it's cool to see. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, I mean, in a few years we might have to, you know, swoop up a couple players. But the good thing is, is that I feel like they'll be around, um, you know, with the, with the current state of the game in Texas. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, look at, I mean, look at AC Dallas, for instance, you know, Paulie's done a really good job helping kind of mold those guys and those kids are so hungry and we're, I mean we'll still see here I mean we're sitting you know one week out of Halloween uh it's the beginning of November uh right now but I think AC Dallas is probably going to be in the challengers division next year so uh I mean again we still have to see how things play themselves out but our chaos is no longer a team uh, they had to fold uh, the four main Russian guys Malloy, uh, Bertnikov, I'm sorry Bertnikov is Malloy, um, Fedorov, Sergey, and Mishka are all coming back to Houston Heat um, and then also, um, vicious has called it quits as well too, which is a little sad because they were getting so good, but totally understand. I mean that, you know, they, they put a lot on the line and really dedicated themselves to the game for a long time. Um, almost got to the top, didn't never quite got there, but now there's, you know, at, at least two slots open right now. And it looks like AC Dallas is going to come in. So that means between VCK, AC Dallas and you guys, there's three Texas teams in the pro division. That's awesome, man. And we kind of talked a little bit about this before on the post-World Cup po- podcast from last season when we had you and I think it was Ryan on there. Um, and we had talked about how Texas has very quickly become, uh, you know, kind of almost stealing the moniker away from California has become kind of the mecca of paintball in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely exciting. You know, uh, it, it's I, I feel bad, too, because I don't like to see any pro teams dissolve, you know. I mean, Vicious... You know, some people love them and, you know, plenty of people hate them too. But uh, either way, I think having them around and, and uh, you know, they stood for a lot of good things in paintball. And uh, and our chaos, you know, I don't have a whole lot to say. It was their first year. And, uh, you know, I don't really know what happened. Everybody kind of has the rumors and whatnot. I don't but, think anybody uh, knows exactly what happened. And I don't think we're ever going to find out. Probably not. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I don't like to see the pro teams dissolve. But it's nice to see other teams kind of, like I said, coming up and... And Jesus, like when we first started as X Factor, you know, I joined the team when they were D1, but the the goal was to turn pro, and you just don't see that anymore, man. And and unfortunately, that's kind of this. That's what, in my opinion, sucks about the state of the game is that um, with all these the owners just buying up all the talent. It's not about where you're from anymore. It's more, you know, what what it does is it makes it really difficult for a team to to come up because it's discouraging, you know. How's a team like VCG going to come up and have a great, you know, they had a great season. They made it up for one of the events. But, I mean, it's just how do you compete against, you know, as a new pro team, how do you compete against a team like Impact or Damage or, you know, or Art Chaos when, you know, these guys are all getting paid a good amount of money to just play paintball. Yeah, but, but I, which, and I totally understand where you're coming from, and you have a very valid point. However, I would almost point out you guys as – as an example, I mean, look what you guys did coming up. When I remember when we first played you guys, God, what was it, 2006-ish, um, 2005-2006. Yeah, 2006 was we, – we came in at the end of 2006. Okay, so it was in 2006 then or 2007. I remember when we played you guys – and, uh, you know, and just like every pro team that's been around for a long time with, you know, salty 
uh, veterans on the team. We were like, who are these punk kids? We're going to stomp these guys. And uh, as you have to have that mentality, I mean, obviously you need to respect your opponents because um, you don't want to slip up and come out soft. You want to stay sharp. But at the same time, you have to have that kind of cocky, confident uh, edge uh, to, you know, to bring to your game to keep you focused. Um, so we had that. And I remember playing you guys and I was like, dude, these dudes gunfight like wild maniacs. These guys are like, these guys are tough. And, uh, and you earn some respect. And you guys were, you know, nobodies from nowhere at the time. And uh, and then now with the same squad, you guys are world champs, won tournaments, and are all highly respected pro paintball players, all coming out of, you know, the Austin, San Antonio area, essentially, and with a couple guys from other parts of Texas. But, you know, so, I, I mean, I do agree with you that it's much harder, obviously, for a VCK. It, it's extremely difficult, yeah. you know I mean? And, and I you think guys about did this, it. It, there's only a couple teams that have done it that way, to be honest with you. Dynasty... I can sort of say damage, but with an asterisk because they did pick up all the strange guys, you know, but a lot of the guys were original players, you know, when they world, won World Cup, you know, and, and us, I think. I mean, there's just not that many. And granted, Impact does have a few Canadians, but, I mean, they are very much an imported team. Yeah, you know, they definitely have imported a lot of talent. And um, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I just I think that it's uh, – but I, but I also think that, look, I mean, you know, it's like players are going to come. I, I just think there's a couple things that I'd love to talk to you about. One is that, you know, players got to come from somewhere, man. I mean, you know, and, and, and even like a team like the Ironman essentially is like royalty with a couple dudes that have been playing the game for a while. Yeah. You know, and that's a team that, that Shane just grabbed a bunch of local NorCal guys um, and, they, and they just grinded for a while and uh, grinded for a couple years. And now all of a sudden you got guys like, you know, um, like like Brandon Cornell, who are you know starting to become names, and uh, and they had a really good season with you know essentially um, it was you know Marcelo Margot, Alex Goldman, and a bunch of these young hungry kids. Um, I and another thing and a point I want to bring to the conversation is that you know I, I just think that we're going to start seeing a you know we're already seeing it and it's been happening for a little bit, but you know eventually we're going to see a big shift and i think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for new legacies to emerge new top ranked teams top ranked players you know really guys to make a name for themselves in the pro ranks and it's yeah it's going to be difficult you're right it's not going to be easy and not everyone's going to be able to do it but you know i mean if you look at the 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 the, the, the you know moderate success i mean obviously vck hasn't won tournaments yet um, and neither is revo but i mean look what revo did revo came up mid season from d1 came into the challengers division and then made it to the champs division and then maintained their champ spot by beating Houston Heat. You know, so right there you have a, a team with a bunch of young, scrappy, hung, hungry guys that are beating the team with the highest payroll in the game yeah, to stay in the champs division. That's honestly, incredibly that's, impressive. To me, that's just the biggest surprise of the year. I mean, hats off to those guys. I mean, we played them uh, twice at, the, at uh, the West Coast Open, and they beat us the first time we played us played them. Um, it was a close match, and uh, we got a couple stupid penalties. But it, you know, those guys can play, and even in the finals, we you know we beat them by a few points. But they definitely, those kids can play. And and thinking about the 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 field layout for World Cup, I was thinking, well, they're a good team, but they kind of got some bigger guys, and this field layout doesn't exactly lend itself to that. And then you know, I remember we we're at uh, Universal Studios on Sunday, and we found out that they had they they beat Heat, and it was just like, wow, that's you know, it's like talk about us. A year to come from nowhere and uh, you know maintain a spot. It's just it's especially against a team with that kind of bankroll. It's just incredible. And then same thing with Ironman. I mean, at the beginning of the year when 
you know, you're you're talking about, oh, they picked up a bunch of royalty guys. It's royalty plus a couple, you know, plus Marcelo and, and Mouse. I mean, it's still pretty incredible that they did pretty good this season, you know. I mean, I, yeah, they didn't win a tournament or anything, but, you know, for them to be relevant is still, in, in today's game, it's, it's quite an achievement in itself. Yeah, and it's, and, and you know, with the more funded teams, I, I, it's, it's, you know, you could, it's, it's just one of those things. It's like, look, dudes that have, that, dudes of means, people with money and capital, that are passionate about something, that want to achieve a goal, they're going to throw whatever they want to throw at it in order to achieve that. That's unstoppable. That's a force of nature. It's always been that way. It's that, it's way, it's that way in other things too. Um, and, and honestly, I, yeah, I mean, for the game, I wish we had more of those guys so that, you know, we could have, you know, more. <laughs> everybody was in on that boat. Yeah. I wish everyone, I wish, you know, I wish all, I wish all my, my friends that were pro paintball players were making coin and, and living that life. Um, so, you know, rich guys out there, just remember, you know, your kid could have the most amazing adventure ever if you just buy a pro paintball team and roll with it. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it, I was completely blindsided with, uh, with the whole heat thing. I mean, at world cup, if you saw the look on Randy's face on Saturday when they lost their game, uh, to us and then to the Ironman, I mean, he looked completely dejected, you know, and, uh, I was wondering if he was going to be around next year. And then hearing they lost to Revo on Sunday, I'm thinking, wow, you know, this could be a game changer for him because he does spend a, sh- a shitload of money on on paintball, and his son, his son left his own team. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. And then this, then they released, you know, they cut a lot of the guys that are basically core members, and uh, and then they bring back the son and a bunch of Russians, and now they have a roster of 12 dudes, and I mean. It just makes you wonder what's going on over there. I mean, in all reality, most teams play seven, eight guys most, you know. So besides like maybe Dynasty and maybe a couple other teams, I mean, for a lot of the teams are playing a shorter roster. So I'm, I'm a little – I'm definitely curious as to what's going to go on over there. Yeah, I think everybody is. I think it's going to be really fun to watch Heat play next year. One, because they have just such a stacked roster. And definitely it was, you know, interesting that they made the cuts that they made. However, um, when you kind of break it down as far as, you know, guys ranked in the in the top five on that team, the only guy that they cut that was ranked in the top five on that team was LJ. And, um, you know, and, and I think that that was for reasons other than playing the game. I, you know, they didn't, I, didn't get, I didn't get to hear specifics from them, but – you know, but Randy is, uh, man, he loves paintball. That guy loves paintball, and I think that, you know, he's he's one of those paintball patrons. He's a guy that understands how amazing of a life it is to travel around and play the game, how hard it is to do that, how much it challenges you, and how rewarding it is to, to who you are as a person to be challenged in that way and to grow from that experience. Um, and I think he sees that positive impact that he has on his players' lives. He loves being around the team. He loves having a team. And uh, when I was saying, you know, I wish we had more of those guys. I mean, you know, say what you will about, you know, Randy going out and procuring the talent that he needs to procure and messing up, you know, some other teams and paying dudes money. But, you know, I mean, he's again, you know, he loves the game and he wants to have a winning paintball team. And I remember talking to him after the Russians left. Uh, last year and he went out and got what he felt would be a a winning roster and it's tough because you know you never know how it's going to shake out when you load a team up um, you know I mean I've played on some superstar teams it's it's tough you never really know how everyone's going to work together and how things especially when it's as hard as it is now Uh, but at the same time I just you know I think that he probably looked at it like and it also helped him in his cause to try to build a winning team again that the guys that he had already won with including Malloy which is a huge pickup for them that, that our chaos was folding at the same time that he really needed to, 
you know, make a big change. So, you know, but it's, it'll all come out in the wash, man. We'll all, we'll see next year. We'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. No, no doubt about it. To be honest, I wasn't, uh, I kind of didn't think Heat was going to have a great year. I didn't think they made the right pickups. Um, I certainly think they may have overpaid a, a few guys. Um, but you know, yeah, I would say he's probably not that stoked about their year this year, but I'm sure he's pretty damn excited about next year. I mean, he got, he got four really, really good players. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. Those guys are incredible i mean each each and every one of them so yeah for yeah sure. it'll be interesting to see how uh, how that how it shakes up for them you know personally i'm not too terribly worried we have a pretty good record against those russian guys so um you know and i and we have a lot of respect for them i think that's why i mean granted everybody does but uh no we, we, i love playing the russians man it just that's one of my favorite things to do i love i love playing those guys and i love beating them well it's a big test you know i think that at the end of the day um, and this has been kind of a reoccurring theme on, on the podcast for sure is that, you know, what, you know, yeah, it's fun to play the game. It's challenging to play the game. Uh, but when you're done, you know, when you, when you, you know, when, when the last point that you've played competitively is over with, when you, and you look back at your career at the end of the, the journey, it's really kind of about you and what you, what, what hurdles and what, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those, um, you know, it's the hero's journey, man. And you're the hero of your own story. How did you do? You know, I mean, what, what, what sort of bites did you take out of the, out of life? You know, did you really step up and challenge yourself and, you know, put you what you really had into it? Or did you not work as hard as you could have not, not, you know, play the best players you could have, you know, did you kind of just half-ass your way through it? And that's at the end of the day, it's just you versus you, uh, you know, and that's, I think dude, and I, that's my favorite part, man. Like my favorite memories are the tests, you know, like the real, the real tests, the real grinder games, like the games that, you know, are just going to be so difficult, you know? And, and to be honest, like, I feel like our team has been really, really good in those games. I mean, we've been, we've only every final we've played, we've, um, we've only gotten second one time in the pro division. Every other one we've won, you know, and the, that one was the first final we made. It was against the Russians in 07 when they were, I mean, by far the best team. And then after that, we've won every single final since. And uh, I think that's a pretty damn good record. I mean, granted, we don't get to the finals every time, you know, and we're not the most consistent team. But when we get there, you know, we, we rise to the occasion. And it's interesting that you say that, not about the finals. I mean, I, you know, love hearing the, you know, the confidence and you should actually, you know, everyone should think that way when they get into the finals, but you play a position that, you know, you're on your heels a lot, man. If things go South, your front guy dies, like it's up to you to pull it out. And so you are constantly being tested out there, which I think is why you've you know, slowly, but surely made your, your name and, and been known as one of the best players in the game. And definitely, you know, concreting that, that, you know, that in with this top gun title that you just won um but you know you, you're how do you look at your place on the field because you are in that situation you are being tested a lot I mean yeah you know if you shoot a guy off the break or your back back guy shoots a guy off the break or you know things go right but uh, you know that's that's awesome maybe you guys cruise to a point win but more often than not especially in those come from behind wins it's it's Archie Montemayor just throwing it down over there on that snake side, trying to wheel and deal, shooting, you know, two guys a point or three guys in a point, trying to pull or winning a one-on-one -on -one or something to, to try to win it all, you know. So in that, in that, that realm, in that moment, what's going on in your mind and how do you look at, you know, your role and your position in the game? Um, you know, to be honest, I take, I take paintball pretty, pretty damn serious, you know. Uh, it's a big part of my life. Uh, you know, I'm constantly on the phone with uh, – Ryan talking about paintball, talking about scenarios, and when I'm not doing that, I'm kind of thinking those up in my own head. Uh, 
you know, for me, I just, I want to be as good as I can be. And I kind of, I remember when we first went pro, I wasn't, I was a good player and I was probably, probably one of the better guys on the team. But when we first went pro, I told myself, all right, look, I want to do this for real. And I want to be, I don't care about everybody else. I want to be as good as I can be. And so I just kind of started being real critical of my own game. And I remember for a couple of years there at practice, I mean, I really wouldn't even talk to anybody during in between the in between the points because literally after every point we played I would be in my own head like okay well this is what happened you know let's say I shot five guys in the seven-man game I'd, I'd still be trying to figure out what I could have done better you know or if I made a mistake I'd be make you know I was making note of it and and you know paintball is pretty repetitive because other than the field layout changing I mean all the scenarios are pretty you've been in them before so it's it's really about recalling a, a you know a previous scenario and you know, knowing what not to do or what to do in in certain certain situation. Um, you know, this year I actually got LASIK surgery uh, to better my eyes, and my eyes weren't bad. I mean, I was like twenty twenty. Ah, oh, so that is the secret. He got LASIK, and now he I, can see I will clear. Say it made a difference. I mean, I was twenty twenty five in one eye and twenty thirty in the other. I mean, I don't have to. I don't wear glasses. I don't. I didn't wear contacts because they bothered me. You know, and. Uh, and I told my, I mean, it was kind of silly because, yeah, it's like I don't even wear glasses to drive or anything. And uh, I'm here going to spend a few thousand dollars to get my eyes checked just, you know, or get them fixed just for paintball, you know. And uh, I did it a few weeks before Dallas. And, you know, uh, to, I mean, I, I'm just so stoked I did it, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just I take it pretty seriously. And I most importantly, I just I really do think about what's going on out there. And I, I try to do. I try to do what I can, you know, I mean, yeah, sometimes we're down points and, you know, or down players and stuff, you know, I just, I just, I don't like to give up and I, I certainly don't like to feel like I didn't prepare, you know, that's, to me, that's the worst. I think if you're, you're not happy with the result, but you didn't really give it your all beforehand, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I want to do what I can out there and, and I like to prepare for it. And, you know, I just take it pretty seriously and, uh, but the thing is, I love I love that about paintball. Like I, that's that's what I love about it. I mean, I love testing myself, and I love being at practice and being so hard on myself. Like I, I love that. Well, it kind of that's one of those you know uh, sports cliches that's been on shirts, and um, you know is that hard work beats talent when talent refuses to work hard. So if you have talent and you're working hard, um, I think it was, a, I think it's a Muhammad Ali quote. I'm not positive. It's definitely a boxer. And he said, you know, there's, there's fighters out there that you're going to fight. And, uh, and they approach a fight knowing, knowing in their heart that they're not working as hard as the next guy. And he said, I can't fathom those people. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean that it definitely shows out there, you know, I mean, the fact that you would go and get LASIK surgery on eyes that, I mean, 2035, dude, that's not that bad. You know, I mean, that's like totally serviceable, regular life stuff. But it is so, I mean, I always felt one of the reasons I was a good gunfighter is because I have re really good vision. It runs in my family and, um, you know, had like 2010 vision when I was younger. And it's like having that amazing ability to see the streams really helps your game out when you're in the gunfight. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, it, that's, that's definitely impressive, but it kind of goes to what you were just saying that, and that's kind of what I'm talking about the sport in general coming up here, because, you know, when you're looking at I me, mean, even the dynasty guys, like, you know, we're looking at guys that are in their early thirties, some of the other players, even younger guys that have been around, like even Marcelo's now pushing 25 and that's not, I mean, he can still play for at least 10 more years if, as long as he doesn't blow another knee out or anything. But, but I'm just thinking that, you know, as you kind of look at some of these teams falling off and we don't know what's going to happen with excessive or, 
um, you know, CEP yet, but I just think that there's a big opportunity out there and it may not happen this year. It may not happen next year, but it does take a little bit of time, obviously, you know, to kind of see if, if you're the, the team in its current incarnation, whatever these teams may be, you know, is it going to be collision? Is it going to be the outlaws? Like there's some of these D one teams that are hungry out there. And I just think that, you know, again, it may not be next season, you know, VCK may not win a tournament next season. Revel may not win a tournament in 2015, but if they stay hungry, stay focused and work hard, like you guys had, you know, maybe they're going to be Archie Montemayor. I'm going to be, you know, talking to them on a podcast and we'll be telling their amazing Cinderella story one of these days, because that day is going to come where these guys are not going to play forever. And, uh, and we will see a changing of the guard, you know, and it, it will happen, you know, probably like climate change slowly, but surely the water rises and all of a sudden you got a new coastline. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope I see it, you know, I mean, I, I just, I want more competition, you know what I mean? Right now there's, you know, granted there's 20 teams and they're pretty damn good. You know, I mean, certainly the top 10 are great, you know, but it'd be nice to see some, some new faces come up and, and throw some jabs, you know, I mean, that's, I feel like that's what we did. And, and you guys uh, totally did that. That's why I love your team because yeah, you were the yeah. team that came up like, Hey, we're from Texas, come and take it. You know, it, we're going to, we're going to smash you guys. You guys are just young, brash, no cares, having a great time, good dudes. But like between the nets, you were different people outside the nets. You were, you know, really fun to, to kind of hang out with. But yeah, I think that that's, that's what I want to see too, man. And it's possible. I just, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying the possibility exists. So if you're out there and you're listening, you play D2 right now, maybe you're on one of the D1s, D1 teams we're talking about, but you know, relatively soon we're going to be living in a new paintball world. And you know, what that looks like is up to you guys. I'm excited. I, I really, I can't say, I mean, I can't say it enough. Like, I hope that happens. I really do. I want to see some new faces and, and, uh, I want to see the older guys get tested more, you know, to be honest, like I, that, that kind of, that whole thought just, you know, yeah, I, I want to see it. Well, how much longer do you think the current incarnation of, uh, of X factor is going to continue their ride? You know, that's a good question. And to be honest, I haven't really thought about it yet. Uh, I asked you the same question last year, too. I just, you know, and and I and and being that you guys have been together for, you know, going on almost 10 years now. And yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we have a few older guys and uh, some of the guys that are kind of, you know, life is kind of taking not taking over, but, you know, it's running its course. You know, Colt, uh, I, I suppose, I mean, Colt is as ride or die x factor as you could possibly be you know i mean he's he's a stud on the field obviously you know yeah. what i mean and now he's just he's killing it he's got a great new job and uh but i do know that you know he is getting a little bit older and uh you know i'm not i don't know i don't want to say that he's going to quit anytime soon but you know he could um you know dixon's uh having a having a kid here pretty soon which i'm stoked for happy for him and uh, miranda and uh, he may or may not call it quits within the next couple of seasons as well. You know, uh, we have Meter, who's young. Um, I think most of the other guys are pretty young and, and able-bodied for sure, you know. Um, and the good thing is, is like I was telling you, is that Texas paintball is kind of blowing up. So we've got a whole lot of, uh, you know, opportunities to kind of create and mold some new some new players. And hopefully that will keep us keep us rolling for another decade, you know? I mean, that's that's what you hope. That would be awesome. Um, who out there is kind of impressing you as far as younger tech? Like, who's the next Colt Roberts? Who's the next Archie Montemayor coming up in, in Texas? I mean, obviously, Meter's a baller. Love that kid. Like, that dude is wise beyond his years and seems to be a sponge for the game. I love talking to Meter, uh, and, and he keeps getting better. I think he's got a really bright future in front of him. Um, 
Yeah, so. meter meter's great. I mean, he's definitely got a lot to learn still. Yeah, and, he's and, definitely and, still a little rough around the edges out there, and he definitely yeah, but, can but be polished. I would a even bit, I would even say that about myself still. You know, like there's so much room for improvement, no matter how good you are. You know, and I'm always gonna I'm seriously gonna reiterate that for the rest of my time playing this game. You know what I mean? There's so much more you could do. I mean, I, there's just so much more you can do out there. You know, you cannot play a perfect game. Um, you know, and so I'm really excited to see him kind of take that and run with it, you know, because he's naturally got a lot going for him. Um, and I really do feel like he could be incredible if he, if he really, you know, focuses on, on being that, you know, mm-hmm. and he's already got a, you know, a great head start. Um, as far as young talent, I don't know that many names in, in, in Texas. Unfortunately, there's a couple, there's one kid that we used to practice on, on the team. Um, his name is Mitch and, uh, he actually ended up playing with, with VCK this season and he's from Austin uh and he used to play on our squad he uh, he came to our tryouts and uh, we kind of wanted to keep him around but I forgot for whatever reason he ended up stopped playing for a few months and then lo and behold this year he ends up playing with VCK and they're doing great and uh he uh he was a big part of it to be honest with you. and he came out they we practiced him before World Cup and he was playing really really good and I I, I don't want to you know speak for him but I, I don't necessarily know if he's going to still play there or not for next season um, so we might try to have him out to practice and stuff. There's a couple young kids, uh, you know. There's a couple young teams. So wait, you're here. talking about Mitch Andrus? Yeah, 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 he's good, dude. Yeah, yeah. That, we that originally got... we had him, you know, with our squad for a while. I mean, he was playing with us for a couple of years at practice, and and I wanted to bring him around, but at the time we had a lot of guys, and uh, you know, it just didn't make you know that much sense to to have him at every weekend, you know. And then he stopped playing for a little while, but yeah, that kid, he's he's good, man. He's got a, he, I definitely think he's got a future, you know. Um, there's a couple kids on this, uh, there's a couple kids that play it out at our field too, that are pretty good. Um, there's this, you know, it's just like everything else. You just never know what you're going to get. You know I mean? They, they might show the signs, but you know, like if they don't, they're still, they just gotta, they gotta be able to, to be a sponge and, and absorb it, you know? And if they don't, you know, it's like, yeah, the guy could have the best snapshot in the world, but if he doesn't know when to snap shoot, you know, what good is he? He's just going to come out at the wrong time and get shot every time. It doesn't matter how good your snapshot is. Yeah. So, uh, but, but the thing is we have, we have players now and there's enough tournaments going on that we can go out there and pick up a, a guy and, and throw him in the ring. And uh, that's what we're, we're going to kind of try to do for this off season. I know we're going to have practice with a couple kids this weekend. Um, I'm really looking forward to it, to be honest with you. Are there any moves that you can see happening? And then kind of like one of the questions I wanted to ask you, I mean, you're so synonymous with X Factor. I mean, I know you did play with Dynasty, but I mean, being that you're, you know, who you are and how well you've been playing, I mean, some of these bigger teams have got to be going after you, right? Um, Yeah, I actually passed up a pretty big deal last year. Um, And I'm not going to throw out names or whatever, but I'll say that somebody else ended up getting it. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, I told them, pretty straight up you know i mean i got a call and it was it was actually like around the new year it was pretty late in my opinion which i was kind of almost offended by uh and uh i just said look man like x factor is my team and uh you know if you offer me just so much money that alex would alex would call you and accept for me yeah like silly money and that's kind of how i look at it it's like unless they're just throwing like Unless you can go to Alex and say, "Hey, dude, this is the deal," you know, and he's like, "You're stupid if you don't take this. Take the money." Exactly. Yeah. And 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 granted, uh, you know, I heard him out, 
I said, you know what, let me think about it, because it was a, it was a, a good chunk of change, you know, a lot of chunk of change to play paintball, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I told him straight up, I said, man, it's probably going to be a no, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to at least think about it for 24 hours. And I called him the next day and said, hey, man, it's not going to happen. And uh, he, he was like, well, what if it's more? And I just said, honestly, man, I don't even need to hear it. And, uh, and that was that, you know? It's like the devil tempting you, like, Archie, <laughs> Archie, going to make uh, all your dreams come true. Just listen to me for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but no, I've had a couple offers this year, too. But to be honest, it's just, man, I love my team. And, and like, I mean, I have a job, and, and I do all right for myself. So I'm not I'm not chasing, you know, I'm not chasing anything. To me, I, I love my guys. I mean, literally, I consider my, my teammates family. And uh, it would just take a just a buttload of cash for me to to leave and uh i just i hate to say it but i just don't think that's going to happen um but uh what was the other part of that question i think you were asking about uh let's see here well yeah i don't think i'm going to leave um anytime soon I, I really i really think i'm going to hopefully uh you know run get this team uh going for another good season and hopefully, you know, a lot of success in the future. I mean, I definitely feel that this is my squad and, and Alex and I are really, really close and Ryan and I are really, really close. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm real close with a lot of guys on the team. And I just, I, I just, the way I think about it is like, if I could play for anybody in the world, who would it be? And it'd, it'd be X factor. And, and that's, that's a big deciding factor for me. Well, and I think that, you know, also, and I love hearing that because God, dude, I mean, you're such a big part of that team, uh, you know, on the field. And, um, you know, I mean, you're kind of like the hero of your town, man. You know, I mean, you, for a couple of years now, you, I mean, you and cold have been kind of neck and neck a little bit on the stats every now, every, you know, some events and, but, uh, but this year you put up some astronomical numbers. Um, but I mean, you know, when I think of, of Texas paintball and the best, and, and, and it's funny because, you know, some guys will be like, oh, Archie Montemayor, Cole Roberts, best players ever to come out of Texas. Well, yeah, shit, yeah, man. You guys are the best players to ever come out of Texas. So what a great story. And X Factor is the most successful team to come out of Texas. I mean, you could, I guess, argue, you know, when I when I brought this up to Cole, I can't remember if it was in a podcast or an interview or if it was just us hanging out. But, you know, I had said to him, oh, what about Houston Heat? And he was like, Show me one. She was like, "Show me one Texan on Houston Heat." <laughs> I, th- I think I, I don't know why, but I think I must have been there because I can literally hear those words coming out of Colt's mouth. I and think maybe, you might have been. maybe he might have told the story. I don't know. I mean, I've been around Colt so much, but yeah, just def- I can literally hear his voice saying those words. You well, know? you know when when you know when Colt gets like super serious about something and he looks you in the eye and his eyes kind of squint a little bit and like <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? I know that all too well. Yeah, and so he kind of like you know Colt's. I mean, I love Colt. We were, you know, good friend, but, um, but he just looked at me like, and I was messing with him, but, but, uh, but he just looked at me and kind of squinted his eyes and gave me that, you know, that Colt Roberts glare and was like, show me one Texan on Houston heat, you know? And I was like, all right, man, I'm just, I'm just messing with you, Colt. But like I said, I just think that, I mean, you know, you, it's one of those, the team is strong. You guys are, I mean, yeah, you didn't have the, you know, the best end of the year. Well, actually you did have a pretty good end of the year. You didn't have the best middle of the year, but you won, uh, the, the challengers division at the fourth event, very convincingly, um, you know, beat the brakes off of, uh, the team in the, in the finals. Um, and then you came in and went three and one at the world cup. And, in, and this is another thing, like, I know we talk about the paintball gods, this and the paintball gods, that how, how was your relationship with the paintball gods? Cause I remember I was talking to Ryan at the end of, uh, um, at the end of the world cup. And he had said, he's like, yeah, man, 
He's like, I don't know. Maybe this is the paintball gods messing with us because last year we went two and two and squeaked in and ended up winning. And this year we went three and one and uh, and we didn't even make it into the semifinals. So maybe this is just the paintball gods messing with us. But I know we joke about the paintball gods a lot, but it, I've just seen enough things here and there. It just sometimes really feels like there's some otherworldly supernatural force just just messing with people man like in the paintball world like oh check it out uh tournament's getting set up it's been gorgeous for the past seven days okay well here comes a giant rainstorm oh yeah it's been you know 80 degrees okay now it's 35 degrees you know or it's just i don't know with, what are your thoughts with regard to weather yes there's something fishy going on you know i don't, I don't necessarily know that i want to call it the paintball goods but i mean jesus christ i just can't believe i mean what the first three events were just shit shows you know totally. with, with the rain and, and the and the mud and you know thankfully the last two were you know almost perfect you know it really couldn't have been much better um you know i don't know going three and one at cub it's you know it sucks to not make it in or not get a chance to you know defend especially when you beat the, you know, the team that goes on to win the tournament but you know it's a factor of the, the format you know i mean there's 10 teams and if they only go to four it makes it difficult you know and yeah last year we squeaked in two and two with uh i think with a good point spread or something like that and this year you know we had actually i think we had you know i don't know just the way it breaks down we had a good point spread i think we were ahead of the ironman in point spread but they beat us head to head so they moved on you know it's just i'd like to see some sort of format change you know i, I i'm not over here giving a suggestion as to what it should be i just i definitely feel like it's a little questionable and uh you know don't get me wrong i'm sure we've been on the better end of that before but uh you know i, I i'm all about people discussing and kind of trying to come up with a better way you know even if it ends up staying the same you know the, the conversation is probably worth having yeah, and I'm all for that conversation. I think the most the the argument that has the most merit. I am not in favor in any way, shape, or form of getting rid of relegation because uh, I just think that that has added some of the most fascinating and dynamic story that has ever happened in the game. I I really like the relegation. I really do. What I don't like is that eight and nine. Yes. Sorry, seven. Sorry, seven through ten. Yeah, 7 through 10 are playing each other, and 11 through 14 are playing each other. Yeah. That I don't like. But um, what if we went to 1 and 2 from the challengers plays 9 and 10 from the champs, and you have to be the me, champs to get in? To me, that makes the most sense. How can you say you earned your spot above when you didn't even play one of the teams that's coming down? Yeah. The only argument that I've heard, and I've heard this from a couple people that are industry guys um, that, have, that, that are like, hey, that makes total sense, so if you guys do that, that's fine. But... He's like the way that things are structured now, and I know this sucks for you to hear because you know. Is it a factor of time? No. Well, the, the schedule is definitely is an issue because we have to sandwich twelve games in a day, and we're literally playing from sun up to sundown depending on the time of the year. Correct. Which also isn't that great either. No. Yeah, especially when you're trying to make a show Sunday around it. Sunday night flight. I mean, you can't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's for everyone from all the way around. It's it's a pain in the ass, mm -hmm. uh, but. You know, so that's an issue. Trying to compact a, you know, 36 pro professional game schedule into three days is problematic. Um, 
but the but the thing that they had said was that it it's really kind of added such a fascinating from a fan's perspective such a fascinating dynamic that to to change it would really be robbing the fans of some just ridiculous high paintball drama that we've never seen in the sport when it was a lo- you know just things were kind of played out over a longer time period which when you kind of look at what paintball is doing at a high level when paintball goes against as an activity or a sport or you know some level of entertainment against everything else that exists in the world you know no one's dying you know it's not like I mean yes there is spectacle but the spectacle is rather confusing if you don't have you know some sort of clarity to you know kind of sort through what's going on out there is that it does it, it gives the fan a lot when there's so much at stake I mean to have you know and I know again this is you don't want to hear this because you're you know from the player's perspective it sucks um, but to hear Sam Monville come off a relegation game that he had to play against I think it was when they I think it was when he played Dynasty uh, to send Dynasty yeah, I think it was when he played Dynasty to send Dynasty down at the West Coast Open, and Lauren interviewed him, and she was like, oh, Sam, congratulations, you guys just won this seriously, like, no BS, like, how how scary was that game? And he was like, oh, yeah, it was pretty, she's like, no, seriously, and he's like, let me put it this way, I've played in, like, I think he said I've played in four World Cup finals, and that was the scariest game I've ever had to play in my entire life. Like, that's high drama, and when we're going against mixed martial arts and football and endless porn on tel- or on, on your phone, whatever, you know, just all the billions of, of you know, Call of Duty like everything out there that we're you know competing against for people's attention if we do not have some really interesting you know story and spectacle and drama like all of that put together you know we're really kind of not doing what we can at paintball's highest level to you know to have people give a shit because at the end of the day that's what it's about it's about giving people a reason to give a shit no i i I get i understand that i mean shit at dallas you've got heat and damage going you know it's like last year's world cup winner and damage has had been one of the most consistent teams in the league the past three years, one of those teams is going down to the very first event. You know what I mean? That Yeah, that that definitely causes some excitement. You know what I mean? We were all like, holy crap. You know, it's incredible. One of these teams is going down for sure. And it came down to uh, Edwards. Oh, Jason Edwards yeah, pulled off a five-pack in the last point. We were last point. Just incredible, you oh. know I mean? And, he, and granted, he should have won that point. I mean, they really should have. They, they were up like a body or two. And I remember, I think it was Ryan Moorhead was in the snake, and I mean, he could have he could have completely opened the game up, and and Edwards just you know shoots everybody. It's just yeah, it's incredible. And don't get me wrong, I mean, it doesn't get any more edge of your seat than that, knowing those two powerhouse teams are going up against each other, uh, just to stay in the pro division or you know stay in the top tier division. But at the same time, you know, you've like I said, is it? It's, I don't know, man. As as much blood, sweat, and tears are are poured into this sport, is it really fair for? Heat to lose that game by one point and not have the opportunity to play one of the teams coming up to stay in. You know, that's that's where. Yeah, I and I and a dude, I, I mean, having been there, you know, at that level forever, I feel you and I totally understand it. It's uh, it, it's definitely it's a conversation that definitely needs to be had. I I wouldn't be opposed to it going to you know nine and ten play one and two, um, in order to decide it. Um, obviously the schedule and stuff would have to change. It definitely yeah, yeah. would, it would make things a little bit less dramatic. Um, but there would still be, I hopefully enough to, to, you know, to keep the people interested and to keep the, you know, the story going. So I don't know, we'll see, but, uh, either way, I'm just, I, I, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, if I have a vote in it, then I, you know, relegation in some way, shape or form has got to stay because it, no, keep, like it keeps it. the best teams on their heels or on their, on their toes at all times. And it keeps people, you know, wanting to know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I feel like it's bringing, I, I feel like it's bringing that gap between the, the, the next division 
into pro, I feel like it's bringing those guys up. You know, they're getting a chance to play. You know, that was what was so I thought was one of my favorite things whenever we were playing divisional paintballs. We used to play the pros. You know, yeah. you just get, you get to play a couple pro teams at each tournament. You know, I thought that was awesome, and uh, you know, I think it's kind of cool. And not to say that you know these semi pro or you know the the challengers bracket these not to say that they're not pro teams and, and not to say that they're divisional teams going up against the monsters but you know there's a lot to learn from playing a team like x factor in the challenge division or dynasty or infamous you know there's the you know you get to see stuff that you're just not used to seeing and and like i said earlier in the podcast i mean a tournament setting is just it doesn't get any better than it you know I totally agree. And, and it's interesting that you say that because that was one of the reasons that the PSP brought it out um, was, you know, one to to really kind of give the fans, you know, something to, to you know, just to kind of keep it to keep it fresh, to keep the, the teams on their toes, to keep it constantly interesting. And also very importantly to, you know, give a place where, you know, these teams can come out and play teams a little bit, you know, at least on paper and, you know, by theory, play teams that are closer to their level on a more regular basis and then yeah potentially play the x factors and the dynasties and the infamouses and i and the heats but honestly we saw a lot of, that's that's one of the i mean this this year was one of the most fascinating years as far as you know how all the teams did and uh and it definitely gave you know a lot of teams some some chances to get reps against those you know really kind of those, you know teams that have been around a little bit longer they're more storied teams uh to get better because like dude like you said man that it's very very true until you play an X Factor, a Dynasty, a Damage, a Heat, you know, one of the teams that's won tournaments before and play them with tournament rest, tournament paint, you know, I mean, an actual, like, real, real, real tournament situation. I mean, even in playing them in practice isn't the same. Um, just the intensity gets so ratcheted up for those situations that that's, you know, that's how you start to kind of test yourself, like, like we had been talking about, and it's one of the reincurring themes is the test. And, uh, and yeah, it, and it's definitely starting to play itself out. I think, you know, it's, it's also giving teams like, you know, look at what happened in Moscow red Legion. I mean, Legion came in and, uh, they had a, you know, pretty bad beginning of the year. Um, but they slowly, but I mean, dude, Moscow red Legion took 19th at the first event. Dude, it's funny. I forgot where I, I think I heard you say that on either one of the, one of the re, you know, replays of one of the games or something. And I just, that blows my mind. Like how is that even possible for those guys? And then they come in after that and they just, you know, they, they obviously played a lot better at the last, you know, few events. It's just, uh, I cannot believe they took 19th at the first event. That's just incredible. Yeah. I mean, they, but it, you know, it kind of makes sense because even though that they had been around for a long time, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's like, that's another paintball cliche is that it's, you know, it's not the, it's not the, it's not the team name. It's not the names on the jerseys. It's who shows up at that event. And, uh, and with Moscow, like they had, yeah, they, but they had a bunch of young guys that were like 18 and under these Russian kids that they've been grooming for a couple years. And then they brought in all the Tauntauns and that was the team that they fielded for this season. And, and it was kind of an inter really interesting story to see what the French mercenaries combined with the young, these up-and-coming Russian guys were going to bring this year. They took 19th, then they took 12th, making it back into the Champions Division. Um, then they took 6th, then they took 4th and lost our chaos in the semifinals. Um, and then they had another bad event at World Cup, but you know, having them be in the, the challengers division the beginning part of the year really let them, you know, kind of get their feet underneath them and and really kind of kind of get that team to coalesce, which let them make that run middle part of the year. Yeah, and that's I mean, to be honest, like that's kind of what the good thing about that division is, is that, you know, you kinda can get your feet wet or see what you you know, see what your deficiencies are, you know. I mean, ultimately every team's trying to learn, you know, and that's it's a great that's a great opportunity for those teams and especially for the bottom half, you know, those bottom five, six teams in that in the challenge bracket is man you really 
you really get to put yourself to the test and see see where you're you know see where you're at and see where you're lacking. Yeah, and I mean, and also like Revo, Revo took fifth in D1 at the Dallas Open. They took second at, uh, in the D1 in uh, in MAO. Then they come into the Challengers Division, take fifteenth, and then they have a storybook run at the West Coast Open and defeat uh, um, Infamous to make it up. And then they take down Heat, taking seventh at the yeah. la- you know World Cup. So it's Again, but it kind of goes back to having that swagger, having that, you know, which your team has always been so good at. Like even going back again to when you came in the league, when we first played you guys, there was just this certain Texas swagger that you guys had, and you were, you know, fearless. Even if there was fear inside you or doubt, it didn't really ever come into play, and you guys have always played with that massive chip on your shoulder, been in a good way, and I kind of see that at Arevo too, you know? Like, they are just, you know, they're humble. They know where they're coming from. They're not, you know boasting like oh we're gonna stomp this team but you listen to their interviews and uh and they're just really really hungry and i and it kind of again speaks to how we're slowly but surely moving into a brand new paintball landscape where i really think teams like revo are going to you know kind of start hopefully coming out of the woodwork like you were saying like you're begging for you know a shot to you know you know hey yeah come come try to t- like you like the like your flag says man come and take it you guys think you're a good paintball team well you know take the jump and let's see what you're made of you know yeah, I'm all about that. I mean, and I remember when we first, it's kind of funny because we still say it too, and we kind of joke about it, but when we first turned pro, you know, Alex, and I, I promise this will probably be the, the only, well, I won't even say it, but Alex used to tell us in the in the huddle, you know, he's like, F them all, you know, <laughs> and it was just like, hell yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, screw these guys. Like, we're here, we're, you know, we're, we're a beginning pro team, but we're, you know, we're going to, we're going to put our name to the, you know, we're going to test these guys, you know, and, and, uh, and after that test, you know, we're going to learn, learn from it and we're going to get better, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I think we succeeded in doing that. Yeah. I, you guys have totally succeeded. I'm just, I'm also really excited to hear that, you know, you guys look, are looking forward to next year. Oh, the other part of the question that I was asking you is, are you going to make when, um, when you were saying it's going to take, you know, um, a King's ransom to get me off this squad, uh, but the the second part of that question was, are you going to pick anybody up? Are there any you know changes that you think you're going to make? That's right. Now I remember. Um, to be honest, we're not. I don't think so. I don't think we're going to change anything. Um, we've got we've got the squad we need, man. I mean, Derek's coming back, and he dude, he played lights out at World Cup. I mean, he's an incredible, incredible player, man. And uh, it's funny too because he's very. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's kind of almost bipolar, you know. It's like when you're when you're when he's at practice and stuff, he's so unsure, but he's so good. He's so ridiculously good, but he's so he still questions himself so much, you know. And and I feel like the only like the difference between me and him is I just I just don't ever doubt myself, you know. And and he's always he's always like very much in his own head, you know. But he's such an incredible player, and uh, you know like. The guys we have from out of town, Scott and Billy, I mean, you know, those guys are literally part of the family and, and uh, you know, that's that's what our that's what our team really is all about, you know, and, and I don't think uh, I just I, I don't think anybody's going to leave. I don't I'd be, actually to be honest with you, I know nobody's going to leave and uh, we might pick up one guy, um, but it just kind of depends. We'd have to be really pretty happy with who they are. Um, we've definitely tossed around a couple of names and, you know, we've talked about it. But uh, you know it's still pretty early in the off season, and then with all this, all the shaking going around with the, you know, with impact and damage, or and uh, you know, and heat, you know, you just we're gonna take our time, and and you know, we don't need anybody, you know, we just like I said, we were undefeated against impact this year, 
we beat our chaos at the last tournament and they demolished damage in the finals. You know, we, we, we know what we've got is good, so we don't have to really shake a whole lot up. Um, we just probably need to stay out of the box and, uh, just be a little more consistent. And we've, I mean, we have a championship team here. Well, yeah, I mean, guaranteed. The only difference is that you have Michael and he, I think makes your team stronger than it was than the team that and, won. And Derek on the team. I mean, seriously, Derek is so good. He's going to, and I promise you, he will be better next year. And that's, what's scary about him. He is so nasty already, but he's going to be really, really, really scary next year. Well, I, you know, I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit about, um, what you were just talking about. You know, you were saying that, you know, Derek kind of second guesses himself a little bit and, and has a little bit of doubt, whereas you don't really ever doubt yourself. Is that something that you've cultivated over time? Is that something that always came in nature? to you because you know a lot of people out there and I you know I struggled this you know when I first got on the Ironman um, I was very happy to be on the team but at the same time I was you know just really second guessing my moves too much because I was scared of failure I was scared that I'd you know had this opportunity to you know get on a really good team but I almost lost that opportunity because I held back and was self-doubting myself so much that you know heading into my second year with the team I remember I'll never forget this because it was really something that's always stuck with me and I think this is a maxim for everything in your life and it's always difficult because, you know, that, that resistance with a capital R that Pressfield talks about in The War of Art, um, which is an amazing book. And if you haven't read that, anyone out there, you got to check that out. But, you know, Pressfield talks about resistance as this, like, almost cosmic force that's always there to kind of, you know, basically, you know, throw a rumble strip in front of you, slow you down, give you, you know, those very self-destructive negative thoughts. And, uh, and so Shane came to me and he's like, you know, look, Maddie, we picked you up for a reason, man. You, you, you're, you're an amazing player, but you've got to like, you got to let go, man. Like you're holding back for some reason. I can see it. And so when I went out to practice, I mean, I was just, I just was like, you know what, this is it, man. If I need to, you know, I really need to just let it all out and see where the chips fall and just be fearless. And so when heading into that year, uh, the, the second year that I was on team in 99, I'll, man, in practice, I was just slaughtering people because I really had got, I was like, I don't even care. I'm just, anything I see, I'm going to go for it. And we were playing woods ball back in the day. And uh, in practices leading up to that first part of the year, we didn't even play on any air ball. And so there was just, you know, three-dimensional fields and NorCal and, like, there was a ton to work with. And so I just really kind of let my creativity fly out there and just had an amazing set of practices so that Shane was like, dude, you're the guy right now, man. And he started putting me in, like, the most important front player positions that season because, you know, he's like, you earned this spot, man. I'm giving you the ball because you earned it. And, you know, and so it's, it's kind of one of those things that I wanted to pick your brain about because I struggled with that early on. And then when, you know, when I kind of switched to being a back player because we needed back players for the Ironman, having that no doubt, you know, just whatever, when the chips were down and it was a low body situation, whether, you know, whatever, it's two on six or we're playing 10 man back then. So it's like you just get in that flow state and just let it go, you know I mean? So did, is that something you struggle with or is it something that took, you know, like it's always kind of culminate to you? Um, you know, to be honest, it's hard to say, like at one point in time, a long time ago, I used to be a very, um, I was good at what I did, but I wasn't an aggressive player, you know, uh, granted when I first got on addicted, I was a front, a front, front snake guy, you know, and, and I learned a lot about that. And then after that, I kind of moved back to a mid position, but I was definitely a more reserved player. I didn't like to take a lot of risk, you know, but then when, when we got to the pro level, I was telling you, I really wanted to be as good as I can be and I and I understood that you got to take risk man you have to what's the worst that's going to happen is you're going to learn from it you know what I mean and uh you know what what do you what do you why second guess you know what are you, you're afraid of failure or are you afraid of success you know what I mean like the way I see it is 
I, I love rolling the dice. You know what I mean? And the thing is, the more times you roll the dice, the better you are at it. You know what I mean? You know when to roll the dice. You know, you have better. You, it's like, it's all about learning from the prior mistakes. You know, learning from the prior, the last time you rolled the dice, what happened? You know, if you roll the dice a thousand times, I promise you, you're going to know more than the guy that rolled it once. Yeah. And it kind of also, you know, it's interesting too with the biology of that fear because there's this really, I don't know, have you ever heard of Seth Godin before? No. Um, so essentially, and uh, he's a he's a guy who works on like business optimization and, and he's another guy that as you know, he brings up press field a lot when he talks about resistance, but because, you know, essentially what that is uh, physiologically is that you know, you, you know, our brains, the human brain has evolved a lot in, in to make us human. And one of the biggest things that we have is the neocortex, which processes numbers. And, and, uh, and then you also have, you know, the limbic side of your brain. But so there's this old part of your brain that's responsible for fear. And in order to kind of, you know, live your higher self, uh, like Aubrey Marcus talks about constantly. He's a, Aubrey Marcus is the owner of Onnit Supplements. He's Dude, on, I know he's from Austin. Yeah, yeah, and and so and he's been on Rogan's podcast a ton. And Aubrey Marcus is the man, and he goes on like crazy ayahuasca journeys. But he's always constantly talking. But he he talks about there's how there's three different um, elements of your of your mind kind of control trying to vie for control. And, um, you know, it kind of goes to the ego, the id, the superego, all that sort of, you know, psychological stuff. But he, he gives them really simple names. He says that there's, you know, mud body, which is like his primal, you know, that's your instinctual self. And then he gives the, the other name, the, the one that's kind of kind of always messing things up because he's the guy who's second guessing you mentally. He's, you know, that little, that little guy on your shoulder that's, oh, is this the right thing to do? Let's think about this little boy. And he calls that guy mind boy. And then there's your higher self. So Seth Godin kind of talks about, you know, you can YouTube all these people, but, uh, um, for the people out there listening, but, you know, basically the, you know, Seth Godin's talking about how, you know, you have to overcome your reptile, your reptilian brain and how there's the old part of your brain that, that we share with reptiles is, you know, it's, it's where your fear centers are. And those in, in those fear centers, if you can't consciously hijack them, they're going to hijack you. And that's what causes people. That's what that, where that self doubt comes from. And, uh, that's, that's, you know, stopping you accessing your higher self. And it's something that everybody struggles with in one way, shape or form. But, you know, for guys out there to listen that, you know, they feel that there's a little bit more in them or those are the guys that are second guessing themselves a little bit too much. It's, you know, it's one of those things that it's like, if you can consciously know, okay, well, this isn't, this isn't really me. This isn't my higher self. This is not who I'm supposed to be. This is just some shitty biological part of my brain. That's a holdover from when we lived on the goddamn Savannah. And when I was, you know, it kept me, it kept my ancestors alive. Cause there's, you know, there was a, a giant, uh, you know, saber tooth tiger around the corner and I needed to be scared all the time, you know? So it's, it has an evolutionary advantage, but now it's, it's one of those things that's still there. And yes, it, it will keep you alive in certain situations, but but when you're working on, say, you know, being a badass front player or or just badass in paintball general or badass in life is that, you know, kind of like you were saying, are you are you scared of success? Are you scared of failure? It's like, well, if you can understand that there's, you know, this actual part of your brain that you can control, is, you know, to a certain extent, some people feel it more than others, but it does exist. But anyway, those sorry about the tangent, but it's just one of those things where it's like, I think that the more people that know about that, the easier it little is. It's like when you're in those situations to be like, all right, this isn't who I really am. This is just some stupid, you know, evolutionary hold off bullshit part of my brain. Like there's no tigers here. This is just paintball. And I need to embody my higher self and go out there and prove to the world who I really am. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what it's all about. I mean, why, you know, it's like, yeah, second guess why there's just no reason to man, like go out there and do what you're supposed to do. And and if you're in your own head, I mean, how can you play, 
how can you play your best if you're if you're wondering you know if you're making the right move or not like if you if you know if you <laughs> it's like you create that move you know what i mean have have the have the the faith or the gumption or or the confidence to go and make that move happen i mean really you know and i say this all the time man i mean it, <laughs> paintball is completely mental man i mean it's you're everybody's out there running around with a gun you know what's what is the separation you know i mean what is it it's decision making man it's it's all about that so if you're going to be in your own head you know it's like i'm trying to get in the head of my opponent not my own you know well that's that uh paintball 504 graduate level class that you know archie will teach you if you hit him up on facebook you know what i'm saying he'll come gladly <laughs> you know, come and teach you it's funny you say that like i would really i do want to start you know, I've only done a few clinics and stuff and uh I don't really, you know, I don't I don't reach out as much as I should and uh I'm hoping I can change that in some way shape or form here in the next couple of years. Well, you know, passing the knowledge on is it's something I think about too. I mean, I started, you know, did a ton of clinics when back in the day and and you know, um but it was always something I just I gained. I felt like I think you you would gain a lot of uh you get a lot of satisfaction from that, you know. It's something that I mean, obviously you have a lot to pass on um, because, you know, it's just like anything. If, you, if there's some mysterious island that you want to know about and you know somebody that's been there, well, what are you gonna it's go a do? little yeah. bit easier to go and talk to the guy that's already been to the mysterious island before you traverse the, you know, the crazy tragic seas in order to get over there. Um, at least you want to know, like, where the sea monsters are, you know, before you embark on your joy, your voyage. Um, so, yeah, no, you should do that, man. I think that you could probably help a lot of people out. And I think because a lot of it does come down to that mental element of the game. And I think that to me, that's one of the reasons that paintball is so seductive and fascinating and so rewarding is that, you know, again, like, like we were talking about earlier, this is just, it's just, yes, there are five other guys on the other side with guns or a hundred if you're playing a scenario game or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, again, it's just you and you're bringing your will to that battlefield and what you're, what you're willing to do um, and, and how much you're willing to give to it to try to get better. You know, so yeah, it's. I mean, it's what makes it addicting. You know, it's just. I mean, it's. It's so funny. A few years ago, um, you know, I thought about not playing, and that was a few years ago. And now it's like, I just cannot wait to get out there again. Well, that's kind of scary for the rest of the league if you're as hungry as you've ever been. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean. I don't want to be scary, but no, I mean, I just, I love playing. I really do. I love playing. I love competing and I love, I just love it all, man. I really do. It's just, uh, yeah, I just love this game. So before we kind of sign off here, uh, looking at, you know, the field next year, how do you feel about, you know, some of the moves that have been made in the off season, you know, impact picks up, uh, Chad and Keith from damage. Let's talk about that move real quick. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, I know that, Chad and Bart have been pretty cool for a while now. Um, they they play golf, and um, I've played golf with Bart a few times too. And I knew Chad has too, and I've actually been um, – Chad and I talked about playing golf a couple years ago. We never made it happen. But, um, but yeah, anyways, that's not – I mean, it's kind of surprising that Chad would leave uh, damage because – He's been a longtime member there, and I've, you know, I've heard that CJ has done a lot for him. So it's a, you know, it's kind of surprising. I probably didn't expect that, um, you know. And it sort of makes sense that he would try to bring one player with him because they travel quite a bit, and you know, flying alone is not that much fun, you know. Just to be honest, not at all. Um, you know, I just Chad's a great player. He really is, and Keith is too, you know. But 
I'm still, I feel really good about, I mean, you know, they're, they're stoked about their moves and, and I am too, you know, I'm not like, yeah, they got two great players, you know, impact's a great team. They've got a lot of good players already and only a few guys can play at the same time. So, um, but yeah, I mean, they got what they dropped Danny and, uh, did they not, they have, is it Danny the only one they, they released? Yeah. Danny's the only one they released. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I heard some rumors a few months ago that they're pro- that either Nick wasn't Nick was gonna leave or I mean, or he would get, you know, cut or released. You know, who knows if that's still gonna happen. I mean, they definitely have a lot of guys. Um, you know, and then I also heard that Dave might not play this year, which would be crazy. You know, Dave's got like probably the best resume out of anybody and he does. You know, and Dave is just a stand up guy. I mean, what a class act. He's really awesome. I, I just a lot of respect to him for sure. Um, so if he decides to quit, you know, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna, I don't, well, granted, I don't know if that means he won't be around paintball or not, but, uh, if he quits, that's definitely a big loss for the sport. Cause Dave is just a, such an awesome guy. Well, I think, you know, he's got the field, you know, he has capital edge paintball um, yeah. up in Sacramento. So, or up by outside of Sacramento in NorCal. So he's, he's going to be around. Um, actually, I, you know, I talked to Dave, I don't think, I think Dave's got, and you know, I asked, I, for the past three years, I've asked him, Hey, are you know, are you going to hang it up? Because like you said, I mean, if you look at his team-by-team team resume, um, other than maybe Oliver, there's really no one else that can compare. Um, J-Rab's got a pretty good resume, too, but he hasn't played as long. You know, I mean, Dave could hang – he could have hung it up three years ago and been, yeah, my career was legendary. Um, Dave Baines, remember, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean – But, he, uh, but you know, so, yeah, I, just, I, don't, I don't think – he seemed pretty jazzed on – you know, I, I talked to him right after the move, the moves that they had made – he seemed really jazzed on the team. He seemed jazzed on paintball, and uh, and you know if he does, even if he does walk away, he's still going to be guiding the ship in NorCal and trying to bring guys up. I mean, he does have a vested interest in the fact that you know he's got a field, so he's got a yeah. fiduciary responsibility to keep that thing going. Yeah, well, Dave's great for paintball, no no doubt about it, and and he's a great player too. I mean, it's it's incredible how how big and you know I mean he's just humongous and it's it's insane how good he is still you know well i I always i always use dave as an example i mean anytime that guys are you know are saying oh well you know i'm a big dude i really can't play like this guy can play it's like bullshit (laughs) look at dave baines dave baines is six what six three six four 240 pounds like (laughs) you know that's that's a giant man it's the biggest indian i've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) yeah no joke but uh yeah i mean uh, i don't necessarily know that I mean, impact isn't exactly a, a. I mean, like I said, even this year they had a great roster. You know, I don't. I'm curious to see if if uh, if they're they're gonna they're gonna play even better. You know, I still feel like they were the most consistent team of the year, no doubt about it. You know what I mean? Um, I still feel like the other teams. I don't know. I just feel like they're very beatable. I really do. And uh, you know, granted, they were more consistent than everybody else. There's just you know no questions asked there. But, uh, you know, I just still think they're very beatable. Yeah, and then we'll see who damaged, you know, is damage going to pick up anybody from the guys that got cut or yeah, vicious that, or who knows? I mean, you know, you never know what Joey's got up his sleeve. This is true. Uh, you don't. I mean, I'm curious to see what they end up doing. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously Chad was definitely one of their main main dudes. And, and Keith, I don't think Keith was – playing a majority of the points but i mean the kid can play you know i mean no doubt about it well damage but, uh, is going to be strong even without though even if they don't yeah pick anybody there's no up. i mean they have a they have a roster full of great guys i mean they really do and uh yeah, i mean like i think holidays holidays probably the, i i think he's one of the most underrated guys in the league i mean he's just so nasty i mean 
yeah, he's really, really good, and he's incredibly fast too. And it's for whatever reason, he just kind of goes unnoticed. Yeah, Holiday hit me up, but when the whole you know who's the fastest man in paintball is it Carl Markowski or Alex Goldman our argument was going on. He hit me. I think he Facebook messaged me and was like, and I, I really like Holiday. He's always been a super cool dude. And he's like, hey, uh, I want to get in this mix. I think I could smoke both Markowski and uh, and Alex Goldman. And then he hey, told I'm me, faster than both of these guys. Yeah, he's like, I'm faster than both these guys. Set it up, Maddie. Let's do it. Televise it. Make it happen. And I'm like, I'm gonna try, man. I'm some one of these days we'll get it in. But he was he told some funny story about how I guess his pops was he like comes from just fast people and his dad was like some ridiculously fast guy and used to show up at the track uh back when he was in high school and like just straight smoking cigarettes and he'd just roll up be like all right boys line up let's do a race and then he'd put his lit cigarette down smoke all the kids come back pick his lit cigarette <laughs> up and just continue to smoke it <laughs> oh that's great that's a that's a pretty cool story to be honest um yeah, I mean, like I said, damage. They've they've got a ton of good guys, and and you know the way the the way the 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 matches are playing out now. You know the teams are kind of going to shorter rosters. So that's the other thing. I, I think it's kind of confusing that that Heat and Impact are just they're just loading up with a bunch of bunch of guys because I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, there's there's a. I mean, I'm sorry, but if I went to a team, let's just say hypothetically, I went to another team and didn't get to play at least fifty percent of the points. I'm going to be a little pissed off, you know, and that may or may not affect the way I play. It certainly is going to affect the team, you know, dynamic, I think. And so, yeah, I'm kind of interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what, you know, what happens with heat and impact. If they're still only playing, you know, certainly heat, if they run with those four Russian guys and one or two other guys, you know, what's going to happen to those other five, six, seven guys. And is that going to hurt them in the pits or is it going to help their situation? You know, I don't know. And that could very well could happen with damage as well. I mean, with, uh, with impact. Yeah, well, we're just going to have to wait until the 2015 season to find out. Yeah, either way, Bart Bart knows how to run a good camp, and, uh, you know, they're going to be a good team. There's just no doubt about it. I'm just – I am a little curious to see what you do with that many guys. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they well, they play overseas too, so, you know, and everyone's gonna, never knows who's going to get hurt. And, yeah. You know, and they just, you know, really feel that the roster is going to be stronger. And I think it is. I think, you know, obviously I, I like Danny Park, but he didn't get a ton of reps. He's – you know, he he played. He, you know, he had played a little bit before he retired for a little bit, and then came back. But you know, Keith's a more polished guy than Danny is, and uh, and we all know what what a weapon Chad Buzera is. So that really helps their D side attack. So they're going to be strong. But um, but yeah, man, looking forward to seeing you guys play. Uh, you got any crazy off season trips coming up? Or obviously, I was going to say if you got any clinics that you want to plug, but you know, no, you're you're saying you want to get more into that. So yeah, I kind of do. I mean, to be honest with you. And I say I want to. I mean, it's funny because like every time I mean, I've been offered to do clinics plenty of times and I just every time I end up just saying, ah, you know what? Nah, I did take one. I went to Boston a few, uh, like a, uh, six weeks ago and I had like one of the best times ever. This guy, the owner of the team, it's a preferred mob. And this guy actually he bought a gun off of me. And then, you know, he bought the gun and, and then he was like, hey, will you come to a clinic? So I was like, you know what? I hadn't done one in a few years. So I went up there. I had a great time. So. That was exciting. I'm probably going to do one or two more with him again next year. Um, but yeah, like I'd, I'd like to do more of it. But at the same time, like we travel a lot and I play in Europe and, and it's like when I'm at home, you know, I kind of do like not traveling, you know, I, I, I do like being home. So sometimes, especially like in the middle of the season, it's just, it's just tough for me to go from like Europe to practicing two or three weekends before a PSP event, going to the PSP tournament. And then a week later, I'm going to fly you know across the country to go do a clinic you know it's just sometimes it's a bit much but i'd like to try to maybe get the schedule going and try to try to do some more 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and then before we sign off, who are you playing with in Europe next year? Same as before, Breakout Spa. Was it Breakout Spa? Yeah, Breakout Spa. Um, <laughs> funny story, I've been trying to play with them for the last like three or four years, but it just hadn't quite happened. Not because they didn't want me to, but just we couldn't kind of come to an agreement. But um, I hope to be playing with them again next year. Uh, I know they want me. Um, you know, I don't want to shut the door on – I mean – I go over there for fun and, uh, you know, breakout, I swear these guys are awesome. Like the owner of the team is like just as cool as it gets. And, uh, and Jeffrey too, he, I guess he's like a part owner or something. These guys are awesome. Um, Michael used to play for him. Grayson's going to play, I think next year with us as well. So, um, more than likely, yeah, I'm going to be playing with them again. So I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we were actually the best European team this year. It was, uh, impact heat and then, uh, polar bears with Ryan and, uh, Ryan and Oliver. Why so. do the Europeans have the weirdest names for their paintball teams? I mean, I know the Americans have some weird names for their paintball teams, but you go over there and it's like, all right, you're playing the tsunami sandwiches. And then, it, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like, what is good? Do you oh, guys man. just like randomly pulling words out of a hat over here? I or wish what's the I deal? could figure that out. And then we would change our team name to, to one of those names. <laughs> it's just so, I mean, it's just funny, you know, like the polar bears. I mean, did you see the getups that Ryan and Oliver had this? I mean, at the last tournament, it's just, hilarious you know yeah. their outfits love it but uh anyways yeah we had a good season this year they were stoked um you know we're the only team to beat impact which is actually pretty sweet and uh yeah i mean it i had a great time with them so hopefully i'll be with them again this uh this coming season nice well hey man congratulations again on your top gun performance uh you know stellar throughout entirely consistent for you just slaughtering people out there this year um can't wait to see what you bring next year also stoked to hear that it looks like we're going to see the same roster again from x factor because you know you know that means instant contender status for you guys and uh it's going to be brutal next year i can't wait to see it yeah i'm excited man thanks again for having me and uh you know if uh any of you guys out there are curious or uh, have any questions about the game or possibly doing clinics feel free to hit me up on facebook or or my instagram is uh, kid underscore arch um Anyways, yeah, hope to hear from you guys. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for having me, Matty. No problem. And also, guys out there, if you're listening, thank you for tuning in here to the Real Deal Podcast. Again, thanks to our sponsors, GI Sports, Planet Eclipse. Arch, you got a Planet Eclipse signature series, right, still? Actually, yeah. I'm actually kind of lucky. They, uh, they, they do, I do have a little personal, um, you know, a small personal sponsorship with Eclipse. And, uh, yeah, I've got um, – actually, I have one or two left. Um, Kid Arch uh, Geo 3.5s. It's a uh, – pretty cool pretty cool looking gun um actually matt 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 dawson uh he made the original one which is a green and one uh, green and black and then uh we just changed the colors for this year uh to red and black so uh you know but uh yeah like i said it's uh i'm fortunate enough to use you know use their guns they're just i swear to god they're the best guns ever so um but yeah, yeah and, and matt dawson was a uh um you know legendary paintball photographer who passed yeah, away recently tragically so. yeah it's super tragic um and it's kind of unfortunate uh obviously that he's not his name's not thrown out there as much as it used to be because man he's just incredible talent too yeah well you know it's, it's a thing i mean he's just one of those guys that labored behind the scenes to try to make awesome pictures so that you know people could get as excited about the sport as he was and you know when you, when you hear me out you guys out there in internet lent and i hear you when you hear me talk about preaching the paintball gospel that's what it's about you know i mean you hear me and archie talking about you know why we love the game so much and you know so share your passion with the world man let people know about what we're doing at pba let people know about you know the sponsors we're talking about key paintball nation uh, paintball 
shops.us if you want some custom gear for you guys. You know, Raza is always helping us out. I mean, there's the, these are the, the companies that are really helping, you know, try to take the sport to the next level. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's a pretty fascinating thing. Like we said, it's about that test. So, you know, what are you made of, man? I mean, that's, that's basically what, you know, paintball is asking of you. And, uh, and then, you know, it's up to you to answer that. So thank you guys very much for tuning in. Archie, any last words for the people at home? Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, Ryan Brand is the best coach ever. And uh, I want to thank all our sponsors, GI, <laughs> Planet Eclipse, Alex Martinez, X-Factor Paintball Park, um, Die um, for our rotors. And I'm sure I'm missing one, but, uh, you know, thank, thanks everybody for the support. Um, we really appreciate it and uh, hopefully we'll have a good season that's coming up. Awesome. Thanks Arch. All right. Yeah, man. So 2015 season, we'll be honest before we know it again. Thank you guys for tuning in. Help us preach that paintball gospel. I'm Matty Marshall and I will see you next time.